Turn in your Bible with me, if you would, please. We continue our study in the book of Mark. Uh, we stopped that for a while and kind of slid in some uh, stewardship messages and so forth and so on. But uh, today we just continue in Mark, chapter number 6. If you would, please turn there. We welcome all of you who have joined us by way of live stream and our radio station all over the world. We're so glad you're with us today, and we hope that you uh, are being blessed by the Lord. For all of you here today, you know there's no secret that we're consummating our stewardship emphasis this today. And for an entire month, we've been teaching on stewardship. Now, we'll not do that anymore this next year. We just uh, we cover it the first of the year, and then we kind of let, uh, let it alone, let you practice it. And God was good last year. Uh, we, we were way over, way over. Our income was way over our budget. And this year, we are building a $2.5 million building and uh, incorporate that into our budget this year. And uh, our budget this year uh, is lower than our income last year. Now, I don't know if that's faith or not, but that's pretty good that our budget this next year of 2013 is $300,000 under our income last year, plus we're paying for our $2.5 million building we did not have last year. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Now, we only have one hang-up. It's a small one, $100,000. We sold $2.4 million worth of bonds, and we are $100,000 short in completing our building, which will be started in the month of March if the city of Burleson will hurry up and give us a building permit. So all I need from you today is a hundred grand. That's all, just a hundred grand. Last year, and this year we've not put too much emphasis on it, uh, but last year we didn't even... We just barely emphasized it, and we had a $139,000 cash offering last year. And uh, someone asked me the other day, what would you do with it? And I said, we spent it. Our, our drawings for our building was $75,000. Just the drawings, the blueprints for our new building was $75,000. Brother Pickett got a $100,000 bonus this year. <laughs> And Brother Billy has been running around with me, and he refuses to buy lunch. So $10,000 of that went for buying lunch for our chairman of Boca Deacons that runs around with me all the time. In your Bible, please, if you would, I want to just bring you up to date, and we'll begin preaching in just a minute. Look in your Bible, if you would, please, in the book of Mark, chapter number 6. And please let me read for you from verse 32 now. The Bible says, And they parted unto a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of the cities, and outwent him, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people. And was moved with compassion toward them, 
because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Notice, if you would, when he saw the people, he was moved with compassion. Buildings does not move our Lord. Properties does not impress Jesus. We are not in the building business. We're in the people business. And when Jesus saw the people, he was moved with compassion. But just look around and look at all the people. Drive the streets of our city and look at all the people. Join our bus ministry and visit on a Saturday and look and visit and feel the people without a shepherd. It should move us like it did our Lord. And so we're not in the building business. We're in the people business. And we build buildings to house people that people might be saved. And so when you invest in buildings, you in initially are investing in people that people might be saved. Our Lord loves people. And you say, well, I don't. Well, aren't you glad God loved you? (laughs) Aren't you glad? And I'll tell you, he's got to be a wonderful God to love some of us. Come on now, say amen. Now you guys can say amen. Your wife's beside you and she'll not take offense by that. And so the Bible says, And when the day was now far spent, the disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in the ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat. And were all filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. And they, and they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. Please let me just, uh, if there are five thousand Baptist men somewhere, there'll be 5,000 Baptist women. That makes 10,000. And if there's a Baptist man and a Baptist woman, there'll be a whole passel of kids. There could have been as many as fifteen to 20,000 folks here that our Lord fed with five loaves and two fishes. That is... Two fish and five. What are those things they cook? Bread. 
with fish. Got a whole church full of folk and can't even think. Little corn doodles that they... Hush puppies. There you go. You know what we got here? We got a kiddies meal down at Captain D's. And he fed about 20,000. You say, that's hard to believe. Not if you believe in the one who did it. I, I tell you, I'd like for us today to prepare ourselves for a miracle. Has anybody here today could stand a miracle in your life. I don't know what's going on in your life. It may be marital, it may be financial, it may be economical, it may be, uh, it may be that somebody's trying to take your gun away from you. And I'll tell you, this crowd is healed to the top with guns. I, I, you know, if somebody walked in here and started to shoot me, I'll tell you what, it'd be like the showdown at the OK Corral. And if anybody were going to start shooting me, you'll find me in the baptistry when it's all done. I'll hold my breath for a long time until all the shooting starts. But I, I would really like to be a part of a modern day miracle. And I really believe that God still performs miracles. I know when he saved me 46 years ago, it was a miracle. And when God saved you, wherever you are, it took a miracle. Now, you, you may not be as mean as some folks, but let me tell you, it took the same grace to save you as did the meanest renegade in all the world. Our Lord hung on the cross for you and for me, and I'm so glad of that. And I, I'm, I would really like today to uh, prepare my life. Maybe I could help you prepare your life. To see a miracle take place today. In God's economy, there is a special place in Johnson County to God. It is Joshua Baptist Church. It's the place where people get saved. It's a place where people get grounded in the word of God. It's a place where young men and young women learn how to have a work and feasible relationship with one another and have a godly marriage. Uh, it's a place where young people can learn how to be a mother and a father and have examples all around you on how to raise good kids. It's a special place to God. And I just believe with all my heart, God would like to perform a miracle in this place today. Now, how do you and I prepare ourselves for a miracle? If you notice in the Bible, people are always involved when God performs a miracle. God just not, just does not perform a miracle on top of the hill so that the rocks may observe. There is a reason why God performs miracles. God performs miracles so that you and I may know that he is God. 
God performs miracles that you and I may have faith that he can move mountains. He can walk on the water. He can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. And he can provide for all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Now I need an amen. I believe with all my heart some of you folks are having a few struggles in your life financially. Some of you are having uh, struggles in your life relationally. Some of you are having some problems with some kids that you just do not know what to do. Well, ask God to put a, 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 a hold on them. Ask God the uh, old-fashioned uh, spiritual spanking. He knows how to do that. Amen. I said, he knows how to do that. Amen. You say, well, I don't want to spank my kids. Ask God to do it. He'll always do it, and they'll always remember when he did it. This is a very special place. And in our pursuit of miracles, we should never lose sight of the miracle worker in the midst of the miracle. Our faith should never be able to stand on the miraculous. If we're always looking for something miraculous, for our faith to stand on, we are in error. We need to keep our eyes on the miracle worker. We must never take our eyes off of he who can perform all kinds of miracles. Now, we, I believe today, if you'll just follow me a little bit, I'll show you some things that's happening. In John chapter 6, this story is also related. Did you know that this story is mentioned in all four of the Gospels? In John chapter number 6, he puts some names to those uh, characters in the story. In John chapter 6, he mentions a fellow by the name of Andrew. In John chapter 6, he mentions also a man by the name of Philip. In John chapter 6, he also tells us who had the five loaves and the two fishes. In John chapter number 6, it looks as though before a lad went to hear the preacher preach, Mama packed a lunch. And Mama put in the lunch... Just a few sardines and a few hush puppies. And it was just a wee lad that had the lunch. Now Mark does not mention that, but John does. And I want you to notice something, if you would please. In John chapter 6 and verse 6, the Bible says, In the midst of the story, that everything happened in that story... And this he said to prove him, to prove him, for Jesus himself knew what was about to take place. Do you think maybe God might prove and test a church? The Bible says we prove the sincerity of our love through our giving. Do you think maybe we've come to a place in our life where God's trying to test you? To see if you love something or someone more than we love our money. 
The Bible said the love of money is what? The root of all evil. You say, I, I tell you, uh, I, I just don't give much thought to money. Now that's the first lie you've told all day. Huh? We all give thought to money. The one thing that turns everybody off in church is the preacher preaching about money. I can call you kids brats and you'll say amen. (laughs) I can call your wife everything except a dog and then I'll start barking at her and you'll say amen. (laughs) But if I mention money, it just kills everything. The love of money. We all have that problem. But I would rather have a miracle as to have the money. I I would rather see God do something as to have a big D's kitty meal. Come on now. Don't don't get mad at Come on. The problem is not money. The problem is love. Amen. So today I'd just kind of like to prepare you for a miracle. Could your home stand a miracle? Now mine could. Really, it could. Ginger and I have a wonderful relationship sometimes. (laughs) Now be honest. See, you looked at me like, oh, you're a dirty, rotten sinner. I thought you knew that before. I'm just a saved, dirty, rotten sinner. And I I need a miracle. Not because Ginger and I might need a miracle. But I just need to see God do something that only God can do. Would that be all right? our, our, Our Christianity and our relationship really get stale if we don't see God doing something wonderful every once in a while. Now let me give you four things that we need to do today to see a miracle. Okay? Number one, we got to have a vision for it. Amen? Amen. We got to have a vision for it. You know why this church is here? It's because of a vision. Uh, You know why we're not just going to sit around here and draw our salaries and become comfortable and retire? We could. But that's not what God called us to do. God called us to reach this city for Christ. And God called us to reach worlds unknown with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you've got to have a vision for it. Uh, Secondly, I believe with all my heart, not only do we need a vision for it, we absolutely must have obedience to do it. If the little boy had been a Baptist, come on now, stay with me, say amen every once in a while. If the little boy had been a Baptist, huh? When Andrew went to the little boy and said, have you got something to eat? He said, yes, I got, uh, I, I got, a, I got a big D special. Child's meal. 
two sardines and just a few hush puppies. Well, would you give that to the Lord? He said, no, I'll give you 10%. (laughs) Oh, why? Because I'm a Baptist. (laughs) And I believe in tithing. And I, but I don't believe anymore in that. Just, you gotta have a vision for it. You gotta have obedience, I gotta have obedience to do it. And thirdly, you gotta have faith to believe it. Anybody here believe that God's big enough to perform a miracle? Uh, Anybody here big enough to think God's big enough to handle our little situation? Uh, anybody here think God's broken? Can't don't have a hundred thousand dollars laying around someplace you could dump on Joshua Baptist Church? It's not about money. It's about faith, obedience, and vision. Uh, and I'll close in a little while. We got to have courage, courage, courage to do it. It's one thing to have it. <laughs> Come on now. It's another thing to believe God could use it. It's another thing to obey what God wants to do. But boy, when it comes right down to doing it, it takes courage. Now look, if you would, please. I want you to look at, we need vision. We need vision to see it. I want you to look at verse 36. Verse 36, Jesus said, in verse 36 of Mark 6, the Bible said, the disciples said, send them away. Uh, We can't do anything for them. Send them away. The crowd is too massive. Uh, Send them away because, dear Lord, we can't do anything to it. The disciples said, send them away. Notice what Jesus said in verse 37. Give ye them to eat. Kind of a difference, isn't it? Jesus said, feed them. The disciples said, have you seen the crowd? Do you think it's possible sometimes we might look at the situation instead of the Savior? I mean, that crowd right there, you can look back if you'd like in chapter 5. In just chapter 5, I mean, just yesterday, they had seen Jesus take care of the guy that was filled with demons in Gadara. You remember that guy running around naked with a chain hanging about his neck, mean as a junkyard dog, a menace to society, and they had seen Jesus clean him up, set him down, save him, and use him. Amen. Not only that. That same day, they had seen Jesus heal the lady with the issue of blood. For years, she had had this issue, an issue about uh, bleeding uh, all continually, and she was about to die. They had seen Jesus dry up the issue, and the next very thing, he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. Now, let me ask you something, if you would, please. If you had been following somebody who said he was God, the son of God, you've seen him raise the dead, you've seen him heal the sick, and you've seen him bless God, take care of demons. Would you have any trouble giving him your kiddies meal? Amen. Amen. 
You know, so it gets dry in a Baptist church once in a while. Have you ever noticed that, Brother Jim? Has God been good to you? I was just looking in the parking lot before I walked in. I didn't see any of you riding a horse and buggy. I don't want you to raise your hand, but is there anybody in here that does not have cruise control? Automatic windows? Some of us have got air conditioned and heated seats. Has God been good to you? The Bible said every good and perfect gift cometh from a father above of whom there's no variables. Man, I tell you what, I look in the face of my grandkids and I look at the face of my kids and God has been good to me. You know what I'd like for us to do? Take our eyes off the situation and get them on the Savior. Now we will see miracles if we'll just keep our eyes on the Savior. Can you say amen? amen? The blind lady by the name of Helen Keller once was asked, is there anything worse than being blind? She said, yes, having eyesight and no vision. What is your vision? Do you see a God in your life that's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can think or ask? Today is Investment Sunday. There's no doubt about that. And today we look to Jesus, who's the author of the vision of this place. Today, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I have an opportunity to prove my love for my Lord. And the Bible says in verse number 8 of 2 Corinthians 8, I speak not by commandment. Paul said, I'm not commanding you to do this. Paul said, I have no commandment for you to give. But I speak by the occasion of the forwardness of others. Throughout the month, Brother Jim has had people come to the pulpit and give you a testimony of God's wonderful grace in their life. How that God has supplied them and how that God has taught them and raised them. And they have come to you each Sunday trying to move you from where you are to where God wants you to be in this matter of giving. Paul said, I don't speak this by commandment. I speak it because of the occasion of the forwardness of others. And to prove the sincerity of your love. You see that? Isn't that good? Huh? And not only do we prove the sincerity of our love, but we prove this 
to be true. The inerrant, infallible word of God. Is anybody here believes this book? Can I read it for you, please? Second Corinthians nine, just cross the page. And if you look at verse number six, and he said in relationship to this offering that Paul has taken here, he says, but this I say, he which so sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according to the purpose in his heart, not necessity, not grudgingly. For God loves a cheerful giver. And then he said, and God is able. Does anybody believe that? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. All ways. All sufficiency. Amen. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. You believe that? Yes. Today is we invest because we love Jesus. We invest because we believe his book. We must have a vision for it. We must have obedience to go for it. The Bible says to obey is better than to sacrifice. I mean, folk believe that. Amen. Notice Jesus' instruction here in Mark chapter 5. He said, go see. That's what he said. I like that in verse 38. He says, go and see what you have. I don't know what you got. But I'll bet you whatever you got is not enough. Go see. Notice he did not say go see what you like. Uh, don't go see how much you don't have. Ain't we, we're kind of crazy. When I was farming, my dad used to put me in that cornfield or tobacco patch and that horse and plow and I'd be using it. I don't know why. I never did look at how much I've done. Always looked how much I got left to do. You know what we do? We look at what we don't have instead of what God has been so good that we do have. And by the way, do you, you can't use what you don't have. You can't drink a Coke you don't have. You can't eat a steak you ain't got. Jesus told them, go see what you have. I'm going to use what you got. I don't use what you don't have. I'm about to use what you got. So just see what you have. You say, well, I don't have anything. Now that's a lie because you got something. Go see what you have. You know what he's saying? I want to close now. You have the makings of a miracle right where you are. That little boy looked at that few fish and looked at that big D special. This is the making of a miracle? You looked in this and said, I need a miracle. 
But surely this is not a miracle. No, this is the makings of a miracle. If it is in the right hands. In your hands, it's what it is. In his hands, it's what it ain't. Could anybody here today stand a miracle? Then just see what you got. Just just be honest. Now, God knows that hundred you got stuck back there at your wife don't know too. God knows what you got rat hole. And you can't lie to God. He knows what you got. But I don't know what you got. Whatever it is, you've got the makings of a miracle in your life. But now, notice the lad's response is he gave it all. A little lad left the house that morning just a little lad. Mama had no idea that this little boy was going to be instrumental, a major part of a miracle. Wouldn't that, that is, I don't know about you, but I'd like to be a part, Jim. I'd like to be a little part of a big miracle. And the little boy said, you can have it all. And he laid it all on the altar of God. And if you'll notice, verse 41 to 44, Jesus did it again. Another miracle. And he took it and he looked up to heaven and he blessed it and he broke it and he fed as many as 20,000 folks with 12 baskets left over. Now, who you think got the 12 baskets that was left over. The little boy. Because he's the only one that sowed and just needed 12 men to carry all the baskets home to mama. And what do you think the little boy said when he got home and all the goodies and he said, hey, mom, it pays to go to church. Amen. <laughs> you say, you've been facetious, having more fun than you are. Amen. He that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. The little boy believed that and gave it all to God. And guess what? Jesus did it again. You've got to have vision to see it. You've got to have obedience to go for it. You've got to have faith to believe it. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. Now, I'm from Tennessee. You'd never guess that. <laughs> My son has a church in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. And the story is that a small congregation just there nestled in the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee had built a brand new building and was ready for church. 
and the building inspector. Does anybody know anything about building inspector? <laughs> Billy knows something about building. Andrew knows something. But they were ready to move in and the building inspector came by and said, look, you can't move in. You do not have enough parking. And so the little church had used all the available land and they were just there and ready to have church and he would not let them in. And 10 days is going to be the opening of the church. And so he said, you just cannot move in behind them. They still had some property, but it was a huge mountain. If you've ever been to Smoky Mountains, everything's up and down. I was going through North Carolina one day, next to Boone, North Carolina, and there's a fellow laying flat on his back in the highway, almost run over him. And I stopped, got him up, and I said, sir, you all right? He said, yes, sir. That's the third time I fell out of that garden today. I mean, straight up and down. You'll get that after a while. That wasn't in a sermon. I just thought some of you needed that. Rob, I just thought you needed something to wake up. And so the little old church is in quite a, quite a predicament. They cannot build. They don't have enough parking. And so the preacher said, I want everybody in the congregation that believes in mountain-moving faith to meet with me Sunday evening for a prayer meeting. Mountain moving faith. He that has the faith of a grain of mustard seed shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed. Amen. And he said, I want everybody in this congregation of, of 300 that has mountain moving faith to meet with me Sunday night for a prayer meeting. 24 people showed up and they prayed for three hours. And the preacher closed the meeting and looked at the people and said, Folks, we'll meet. In our building next Sunday. And they just left. The next morning the preacher was studying. Heard a knock on the door. And he opened the door. And there was a huge individual standing at the door. And he said I am the foreman from the Acme Construction Company. And in the other county just next to you. We are building a large shopping center. And we need some dirt for filling in. And I was wondering if we could buy that mountain behind your church. We will move the dirt, we will pay for the dirt, and we will pave the everything we move. And so next Sunday, they met in the church with an adequate parking lot. And we had a lot of folk that Sunday believing in mountain moving faith. And only mountain moving faith will expect the miracle. A vision to see it. Obedience to go for it. Faith to believe it. And courage to do it. I don't know what you got. Do you have courage and faith to trust God with it? Courage to turn it loose. Amen. You ever seen how some Baptists open our wallets? (laughs) 
Courage. Listen now. Courage to do it. Little boy, how much of that can I have? Well, you can have it all. Because that's where it came from anyhow. Courage to turn it loose. Courage to let go. The little boy invested his big D special in eternity. Man. Unexplainable, but certainly enjoyable. A hundred thousand dollars? Petty cash to God. If everybody just quadrupled their offering of last week, done. Can you trust God for four times of what you gave last week? Would you give that much to see a miracle? 